Welcome to season two, episode two of the Welfare Culture podcast. We're in a crazy time right now. So today we're going to talk all about staying calm and staying holistically well during the pandemic. This is your co-host Chelsea, and I'm really excited to get into this with you all today, talking about some indigenized methods of wellness during this crazy time. Skukdash to all my friends, relatives, and everyone listening from different directions. I want to thank you for tuning in once again during this crazy time that Chelsea had just mentioned. And I hope wherever you are at this time that you are still practicing staying well and being calm and being collected and using this time to really reflect and look at uh, things in our life and thinking about how we are going to go into the future. One of the things that we've always advocated for in Welfare Culture, which is, of course, a teaching that comes from our ancestors, is that wellness and health should be proactive. We should be focused on our wellness and health at all times um, before we get sick, before we're in crisis, before we're in times like we're in now, like a pandemic. Uh, when we do that, we're much more prepared for the hurdles that life throws at us. We're much more prepared to uh, tackle the certain situations that come our way. And so um, even if you haven't been particularly proactive with your wellness up to this point, uh, now is the time uh, to start and to continue that. And so one of the things that we're going to get into in a little bit is all of the different ways that each of the seven circles of wellness impacts our health specifically during this time of pandemic. And we're going to offer some tips and tricks into staying well during this time while most of us are pretty much at home. So one of the the big teachings that's coming out of this time is that collectively as human beings, we're, we're reminded at how vulnerable we are. And I think that this is something that's it's a maybe a big eye opener for a lot of people, especially when they go into the grocery store and people can't buy something as simple as toilet paper. And, you know, people are realizing, you know, how they may take these daily essentials for granted. It, it gives us also more insight into why our ancestors had practiced gratitude and confessed that they were vulnerable beings. It's a very interesting time for us, for sure. So speaking of vulnerabilities um, and gratitude, we're grateful that here in our home, you know, we're all doing okay. And, you know, we haven't, uh, we, we've been staying really careful and we're, we don't feel particularly at risk for contracting this virus right now. But of course, we're following all of the recommended precautions because we want to be good citizens. And we know and we've heard from the CDC and from other sources that it's not necessarily about us. It's about all our vulnerable community members. So elders are, of course, more at risk for contracting this. And when they do contract it, the illness can become much more severe. Uh, people who have compromised immune systems, also like pregnant women or um, 
or those with underlying uh, medical conditions like heart disease or lung disease or diabetes are all at greater risk of not only contracting, but also, um, as I mentioned, if they do get this illness, then it becomes much more severe and they're more at risk of death. And so um, that's kind of one of the reasons that we have been following these recommendations. So we encourage all people to do you know, what everybody else is doing, the social distancing, um, just, of course, I mean, we should, we should know this anyway, but whenever you're going out in public and, um, in crowded areas and stuff to be really, really diligent about washing your hands. And, uh, so of course everybody's been hearing this all day, every day, but we just thought we should quickly mention that. Yeah. It's really interesting as a parent. One of the things I think about is I'm just really, um, grateful that in my adulthood, I'm starting to learn and realize the importance of knowing how to provide for myself and my family in different ways and to be um, multifaceted in your skill set and to recognize not only the importance of sort of an academic style education, but also the importance of, you know, uh, what our ancestors taught us regarding um, our respect for the land, our respect for the earth, and knowing how to provide for ourselves that way. And I still have a lot to learn in that realm. But I know through the generations, what we usually do is we think we want, we think about providing a better life for our children. We think about setting our children up for um, success in their life and for good health in the best way that we know how. And we always try to improve upon what the previous generations have done. And this is really reminding me that, you know, much in the same way that my parents made sure that I would get a college education and um, be equipped in that sense. And of course, I still want those things for my daughter, but I also really want to make sure that she knows more than what I know about living off of the land, about growing food, about hunting, about harvesting, um, because, you know, the world is just getting crazier and crazier. And I know that if she is equipped with the skills of our ancestors, then she will be a strong asset for herself and for her own family and community one day. So that's kind of one of the things that's going through my mind as a parent. It's like we need to start making sure our kids understand this stuff from day one. Yeah, absolutely. Yesterday, me and Aloe went to our family garden and I was picking the the iatoi onions. They're like wild onions and um, they're growing right now. And so we picked a bunch or whatever and I was trying to show her in there. Oh, we had some arugula too mm -hmm. that my brother planted and I was trying to get aloe in there and, and show her in there like what we're doing and she was observing and all that so i mean i think of that all the time and this past year i've been more more uh interested in foraging more and being more uh diligent about trying to hunt more and to acquire our our meat in a, in a good healthy ethical way and it's this times like this are really teaching us that these these tools and these systems of, of indigenous knowing and learning are very, very important for our survival. And anyone in the recent history who has says, well, why do I need to learn how to plant seeds? Why do I need to learn how to, to, to do a cover crop in a field? 
Or why do I need to go learn how to go out and field dress an animal? I can just go to the grocery store. I've heard a lot of people say that in my community over the years. And they see that we're posting uh, pictures and videos on social media. We're out here as a family. We're planting the the autumn, the corn. People are like, oh, why would I do that? I can just go buy corn from the grocery store. <laughs> and we know it's not the same kind of corn. And we know that if there was some sort of catastrophic or pandemic event, it could put a halt to transportation. It could put a halt to food production. And again, we're getting a bit of a glimpse of that so these practices are, are so very important and these many of these practices are taught oral tradition hands-on as well as you know learning them through um you know western education systems or uh online so there's many different ways for us to learn that so i agree i think that's great that we're putting emphasis on that if you've been following our initiative in the recent years you know that our training model our wellness model that we train and teach in the seven circles of wellness. And that's a model that both Chelsea and I created a few years ago now. And that's the basis of a lot of our work when we're doing trainings with various native communities, organizations, schools, all of that. And so, you know, we're thinking about a response to the pandemic and how people are really looking to take care of themselves. And we says, well, let's look at our seven circles of wellness model. And if you have also listened to our podcast early on, we did a full on podcast kind of giving a little bit of a gist of what each circle is about. And so we want to talk about it. We want to kind of review it right now and talk about how this can pertain to us in this time here and now. Yes. Um, we've always said that the seven circles model is malleable. You can apply it to different communities, different home situations. You can apply it to your personal life in different ways. And right now we're going to apply it to our global community regarding this pandemic. Yeah, think of it as a template. So whatever nation you come from, whatever tribe you come from, every one of our people has teachings regarding food, regarding traditional movement, regarding our teachings to the land and our clan system. So think of this as a template and, and insert your teachings, your languages in each circle of wellness. Those seven circles are food, sleep, movement, peacefulness, sacred space, a connection to land and kinship, clanship or family community. Let's start by talking about kinship. Uh, kinship, clanship and community is one of the seven circles. And right now we are feeling the importance of that more than ever. First of all, uh, as community members of the globe, we have been emphasized the importance of staying at home if you are sick, um, doing everything that you can to prevent the spread of this virus. Um, it's all about being a good community member and being careful so that our most vulnerable people do not contract this thing. Um, and of course, it's about protecting our own children, our own families, our own elders. So uh, being a good community member is more important than ever right now. And remember that the more you focus on your personal wellness, that is going to have a ripple effect into the rest of the people who are around you. This circle is also particularly prevalent regarding the fact that many of us are staying at home in the moment. It's really causing us to open up our eyes and sort of look around us. And are you okay at home? Are you happy at home <laughs> with you know, your children and your spouse and um, are is everybody getting along? Are you making each other go crazy or is it a, a fun and valuable time that we get to spend a little bit more at home? So the more we focus preventatively on 
establishing and building and maintaining good relationships with our family members and with our close community, the better off we are in situations like this where we are all stuck at home together for a long period of time. And another circle of wellness is food, as in your connection, your relationship to food and its importance on our total health. And as we always say, food is one of the most important determiners of our of our health. And health in general is determined by many different factors. That's the purpose of the seven circles. But what we put in our body is really important. And as we always talk about it, is what also what science teaches us is that our immune system too is largely dependent on how nourished we are. If we have the proper vitamins and minerals that our cells need, it strengthens our immune system. So it's it's a really important time to to look at what we are eating and try to continue to really strengthen our connection to those whole real foods. There are six areas that we always like to talk about that help to strengthen our connection to food. And that's growing our food again. That's continuing to hunt and fish, harvesting, foraging wild foods, cooking, learning to shop smart in the grocery store and continuing to give thanks for all of your food as you're eating it, as you're preparing it, all of that as a family, as an individual, as a community. So most of you listeners know a little bit about indigenous food sovereignty, which is when a tribal nation has the resources uh, to feed itself. And we also want to mention, again, personal food sovereignty. And remember that it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be completely growing and hunting and harvesting all of your food. It starts with the simple things, which is cooking. And so if you don't yet know how to cook or if you're confused about how to provide healthy meals for your family at home using ingredients from the grocery store, now is a great time to figure that out because it is a life skill that will impact yours and your family wellness for the rest of your life. And so really taking this time to learn how to cook, to make cooking a practice that the whole family contributes in together and making sure that your meals at home are healthy. This is the perfect time for that. Yes. And if you're in the Southwest, look to all the different tribes that actually sell their their bean, their 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 corns, all that kind of stuff, dried food. So support those. If you're in Arizona, Ramona Farms is a great source as well. Same thing if you're in the Great Lakes or you're in anywhere in Anishinaabe country, you can support local tribal businesses that sell uh, wild rice, manumen. These are great things to to have on hand because they can they're dried foods and they can they have a little bit longer of a shelf life, but they're they're actually real and whole foods. So you might look into these these things in your area. And depending on where you are at this time, there's a lot of spring uh, plants that are coming up out on the land, like wild edible spring plants that can be forged. And so I really wanna encourage people to learn about those as well. You know, get a book on it, uh, ask around, to the different elders and the older people in the community, get online and look at some some resources and find out how to identify which of the the weeds or the plants in in your area are edible, and you can go out and pick them and forage them, and include them in, in a salad, include them in a larger meal. It's a lot of fun doing it. You really learn a lot about the land, and it's it's a way again to really practice food sovereignty. And then to elaborate also on the shopping smart at the grocery store. Remember that we have an infographic for that available online, and we also have it on our Instagram. Instagram page. So look for that. We'll share it on our stories. But also, um, you know, during this pandemic, try not to panic how everybody else is and try to think of 
being a good relative while you are shopping at the grocery store. So this is sort of the connection of kinship and food. And this is why all of these circles are interconnected. So don't um, buy more than what you need to buy because the more that we do that as individuals, the more everybody else is going to do that. And uh, another little tip, which we've mentioned before, is that dried foods are much healthier for us than canned foods. So when you get canned foods, uh, you know, you could have a can of beans and you could have a dried pile of beans. And the dried pile is going to be much healthier for you because it doesn't have all the preservatives and the chemicals and the BPA and all this stuff that is required for preserving a food in canned state for so long. The next circle of wellness is sleep. And the first thing that comes to mind regarding sleep and this pandemic is that, um, well, for us, it's normal to be working from home, but for most people, it's different. So try to maintain your circadian rhythm as best as possible, even though you're not going into the office or going into work and your kids are not going into school. It's really important for everybody's health and well-being to maintain somewhat of the same schedule every single day. So set a time and keep it on when you're going to bed at night and when you're waking up in the morning. Uh, There's a lot of science out there about um, the way that maintaining a circadian rhythm impacts our health, our immunity, basically every aspect of our well-being. And so that's kind of tip number one regarding sleep during the pandemic. You might even have a goal every day of getting your kids outside at a certain time. Maybe say by 9 a.m., you know, where the kids are playing outside in the park or in the backyard. Because the other aspect of this is getting enough vitamin D impacts our immunity. And so because we're not necessarily forced to be going outside into school and into the office, we might think to ourselves, well, we're not going to go outside at all. But remember Uh, being outside is going to impact your personal well-being in many different ways. Uh, That sunlight is a powerful healing tool and we especially need it right now. Yeah. And if you are home from school and work, definitely use this time to catch up and, and learn to get into that healthy sleep pattern. And if you have wearable technology such as an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, you can monitor your sleep. You can kind of get an idea of of how your sleep patterns are and how you can improve it. Next circle of wellness is movement. There's many different modalities of movement, and that could be anything from a swift walk, running, jogging, dancing, yoga, combat sports, canoeing, calisthenics, any type of of Olympic lifting, any type of resistance training. There's a number of different ways. All of our indigenous nations have had original games that they would, that they had, that they would play for entertainment or for, for healing. And so that's what movement is for us. We're talking about everything across the board. And as we know right now, all the gyms are closed. uh, The community tribal wellness centers are closed and on social media, all of the, the the fitness influencers are going home and showing everything you can do at home with uh, minimal equipment or just your body weight. 
And so we do this kind of training a lot at home. We train a lot at home. We have equipment that we have that we find helpful is just a couple sets of dumbbells, uh, some kettlebells. We have steel mace. We have some battle ropes outside and we have a couple of, uh, of med balls and some resistance bands. So if you have these, then it's a good time to learn to use these. And maybe you might take a quick trip over to the sporting goods store and pick up some more or order some online. And, and start learning about how you can can build a, a total body strength conditioning uh, program just from home with all with this minimal equipment. There's a lot you can do. And then you can also consider, like Dash said, um, following certain people on social media who are posting a lot of home workouts, um, looking to YouTube for that. And also there are a lot of great resources online for uh, finding out or and also there are a lot of great resources online for taking yoga classes, Pilates, different forms of movement that you can easily do with a very, very small space. All you need is your floor and your body. So definitely consider learning how to work out from home at this time. And consider getting out on the land to do earth gym. You know, we talked about this, I believe in the last podcast and we mentioned it before getting out on the land, utilizing the rocks as your weight and the body cannot see the weight <laughs> it feels the weight weight is weight utilize some rocks utilize some logs utilize an incline a steep hill take a nice swift hike get out and breathe that fresh air and remember our ancestors evolved out on the land and this is where we came from we evolved out on the land we evolved through movement on the land and so to really get out there is is really reconnecting with that is reconnecting with our humanness reconnecting with our mother earth which is also another circle of our wellness so utilize earth gym we do have some resources on our youtube channel we do share a couple of videos on our instagram about uh, giving you ideas on how to utilize that What's interesting is that the land will teach you the different ways in which you need to be strong. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times maybe we go into the gym not knowing um, how to train for real life because the gym isn't going to make that obvious to us. The gym is the same everywhere you go. But when you go outside, all of a sudden it's going to become clear to you the ways in which you need to be strong. We live in the desert, so we need to learn how to handle the heat. We need to learn how to train our feet to walk on rough surfaces and the rocks and to avoid the cacti and the rattlesnakes and to learn how to walk uphill really quickly um, because we have mountains nearby. Uh, so if you live in the snow, it's going to be different. You might need to learn how to be strong for snow removal, shoveling a path for your car to drive into your home. Uh, you need to learn how to train your lungs to breathe deeply while, you know, taking a swift walk or run in the really cold air. All these different things are the ways in which the land will teach your body how to train. Movement affects our spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional well-being. So if you are a person who is feeling a lot of stress and anxiety during this time, moving your body and breaking a sweat and putting your body through a little bit of discomfort is a good way to help to relieve that. Your body f releases those feel-good neurotransmitters that help to lower cortisol, the stress hormone as we are moving. And a lot of times too, we we have stress, not just in our central nervous system, but we, we have even some say that we have trauma in our joints or, or our organs even. And that when we are consciously moving with the purpose 
we are helping to try to relieve ourselves of that stress that we are carrying, unresolved grief and all that. So I think about that all the time. I move anytime if I do some simple full body dynamic flows, uh, yoga, I'm, I'm imagining, I'm using my mind, imagining myself freeing up stagnant energy and pushing through and releasing that. And same thing when I go and pick up really heavy weight, I'm utilizing my energy. I'm utilizing power that I have inside to move that weight, you know, with power and, 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 and speed and strength. And so think about movement in those terms. Think about movement is something that we are consciously doing. We are consciously moving with the purpose, the purpose of healing. So when we incorporate those ideas, it's taking it beyond this, this, this general conventional concept of fitness of looking good. We are moving with the purpose. It's incorporating a spiritual purpose with movement. So I want to encourage you to think about it and think about movement. Make it part of your culture today. For us, it's a part of our culture. That's my hemaduct. That's my way of life to move my body. Because when you're moving the body, you're celebrating your physical wellness. You're giving thanks that I have my arms, I have my legs, I can jump, I can run, I can do all these things. I can dance. So we are really utilizing movement as a way to give thanks. It's like a ceremony in a way with your own body when you're doing that and you're moving. So think about it in those terms if you never thought about it like that before. And just to give an inspiring example of Earth Gym, I think about um, Theta Newbreast, who is a mentor and, and a leader for us in, in the wellness realm. She has been a trainer for the Native Wellness Institute for many, many years. And she is a woman who is approaching elder age. She's in her 60s, right? Mm -hmm. And um, every day she takes a walk outside a long walk she lives kind of by a lake in the blackfeet confederacy which is very very cold area in northern montana and she has really close relationships with the animals that live around her home she has little fox friends uh, she doesn't let her age stop her and she doesn't let the cold stop her either so i just find that to be a really inspiring example of um, a person who really takes earth gym seriously and applies that to their age and their context. And so again, you know, Earth Gym is for all people, all ages, and no matter where you live, try to get out on the land every day. If you're just learning about your, your own body and your physical capabilities and exercising and moving, a good place to start is learning with your own body weight. Learn to squat with your own body weight, learn to lunge with your own body weight, push, pull, and learn to do core rotation and consider walking, running, and all that kind of stuff. So those are those those seven basic human movement patterns. It's a really easy format to follow. And so I encourage you to learn about that. Learn how to lunge properly with your body weight. Learn how to squat properly with your body weight. There's many different variations of squats. There's many different variations of lunges. Uh, I believe on our social media, we shared the four directions lunge, the variations of lunging in different directions and different angles. It's a good way to strengthen your lower body that carries you around part of your foundation and it also helps with your total body endurance your total body conditioning your cardiovascular conditioning um, when we are utilizing our entire body weight so learn to push your body weight too as well learn to pull it there's a, a number of different ways that that can be done at home and you might structure it not just in terms of sets but you might say okay how many squats can i do in this two minute period then i'm gonna move on to upper body 
give my lower body rest, how many pushing movements can I do in, in one minute? So we could do a, a really basic total body circuit where you might incorporate a squat, then you might move on to a push movement, then you might go on to some kind of core movement. And so you might repeat those. A repetition could be anywhere between 10 to 20, and you might repeat that three times. That makes one circuit. Then you might move on to another circuit where you're going to incorporate a lunge pattern. You might incorporate a lunge movement. Then you might incorporate a hitch hinge movement, hip hinge movement after that, such as a kettlebell swing or a deadlift or Romanian deadlift. And you might go into a pulling motion after. And then after that, you might go into another kind of core exercise. You might do those 10 to 20 reps and repeat it three times to make circuit number two. So you can structure it like that as well. So there's a number of different ways to do that. There's a number of sources online that you can utilize to find out different ways to structure your workout. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled. We'll be trying to put out some more resources for how to work out at home and how to work out on the land. Until then, keep in mind that Our purpose for moving is just as much for your mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness as it is for your physical health. Moving your body every day, getting your heart rate up, uh, getting your kids moving and outdoors, these are all going to keep you sane, keep you uh, free of anxiety and depression during this wild, crazy pandemic that we're dealing with right now. And with that, of course, talking about mental health and and spiritual wellness and all of that uh, leads us to our next circle of wellness, which is peacefulness. Staying stress-free is more important than ever right now. Um, Change is always difficult for people, and many people are experiencing a change of uh, being at home more or your schedule has been disrupted or whatever it may be. And so maintaining your peaceful state of mind is a really important practice. One of those ways is to meditate. Another is to move your body. Another is to maintain open lines of communication with your family members and have uh, nice talks and conversation, making sure to being that everybody's at home together, actually spending quality time together as opposed to watching TV all day. Um, It seems disparate, but remember that all of these things are going to contribute to your mental health and well-being. And even just on social media, we're seeing many people responding about how this pandemic is triggering their anxiety. Their stress is being heightened because they don't know when they're going to go back to work, when things are going to resume back to normal. And so it's creating a lot of stress for for many different people, rightfully so. So having some modality that helps create peacefulness is really important. And I want to share something with you right now. If your hands are able to be free. So if you're driving, you won't be able to do this, but you might remember this for a little bit later. And so if your hands are free, I want you to sit and try this with me. First, we're going to take a deep breath in our nose, and we're going to slowly exhale out our mouth. We want our exhale to be a little bit longer when we do that. So we're going to breathe in our nose. When your diaphragm is full, exhale slowly. Let's try that one more time. Breathing in your nose. And we're exhaling longer than we inhaled.
So as we're inhaling, we're inhaling all of the creator's gifts and we're exhaling all of our stress and unneeded energy. And so what you're going to do now is you're going to put both of your hands together and you're going to focus on simply love. You're going to focus on your gift, your power and your medicine, and you're going to start to rub your hands together. And as you're rubbing your hands together, I want you to think about, again, think about your power. Then you're going to take your hands and you're going to hover them right above your head. And you're going to use your fingertips and you're going to lightly start to tap all around the crown of your head, the top of your head. Just lightly tap. Not too hard, but not too little. You want to feel that nice tapping sensation on top of your head. And as you're doing this, I want you to think about how comfortable you feel. I want you to think about how grateful you feel to be alive as you're tapping on top of your head. And as you're tapping on top of your head here, I want you to imagine that you're opening up your mind to the great creator, the higher consciousness. So that way we can feel more connected and that way we can learn more teachings for our wellness. Then let's go ahead and tap on top of our eyes. Close your eyes and tap on top of your eyes. And as you're doing this, I want you to continue with your breath in your nose, out your mouth. And as you're tapping over your eyes, I want you to imagine that you're clearing out energy that's preventing you from seeing beauty in the world. And as you're doing this, you're choosing, you're making an agreement to see the beauty in the world, to see the positivity. Then you're going to take your tapping and you're going to move it on top of your throat. You're tapping all around throat right here. You're going to take a deep breath in. Then you're going to exhale. Tapping on your throat. We're waking up the area of our throat and we're imagining that we're removing energy here that's preventing us from speaking our truth. Because sometimes when we don't do that, we have a lot of stress and energy pent up. and It makes us irritable and it, and, and it creates more stress in our life. Good. So go ahead and let your hands be free for a minute. Breathe in your nose. So as we're tapping, you're giving thanks. So you can go ahead and stop now. That's just a short version of tapping. As you're doing that, remember, you're waking up these areas of your body. We're opening up our minds, opening up our hearts, opening up our eyes, all of that to the, the beauty in our world all of our senses. And as you're doing that, you're keeping gratitude for this time here and now. We're being present. We're being mindful right now of how safe we feel, how good we feel at this time. It's a good way to really calm us and make us a little bit more grounded. I even personally feel a little bit more calm um, when I just right now, just from doing that. So that's a little tool tapping that you can do. And maybe in the future, we'll share a little bit more about how to extend that. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, it's little things like that that really help us to stay grounded and to stay peaceful in our thoughts and in our bodies. And you can even pull small pieces of that, like taking deep breaths throughout the day will also help your peacefulness. So um, all these little techniques are really cool. And that was an awesome exercise. So our next circle of wellness is our sacred space. And we always explain that uh, sacred means that you have reverence for something, that you have respect 
for something. That's what it means to consider something sacred. And so everybody should try to consider your home a sacred space. And especially now that we're spending so much time in our homes, we realize how important that is. And if your home doesn't feel very sacred right now, then there are some ways of cleaning that up. So one of the things is actual cleanliness. So use this time to deep clean the bathrooms and the kitchen and the closets and uh, all those little areas that sometimes we neglect. Use this time to declutter your space. Get rid, most of us have the ability to donate or get rid of trash bags, of blankets or clothes or whatever it is that we've been piling up over the years. Um, get rid of that mentality that we need to keep hold on to these material objects for sentimental reasons. Um, you know, if you haven't worn something since 1985, you're probably never going to wear it. So, you know, clean up that. Um, remember that there's value in space, in clean air, in having moved to room to move around in your home. And so uh, when you get rid of these objects, you're filling up that space with clean air and the ability to breathe a little bit and relax. So there's a lot of science behind that, but it's also something that our ancestors have always practiced. Um, they considered too many objects to be a burden to carry around, especially our nomadic relatives. So maintain that into today's world, even though we're not moving around our houses as we did our teepees, uh, we still should, should look at too much material items as somewhat of a burden that kind of brings stress into our lives. So use this time to make your home a sacred space once again and sort of declutter. And remember another part of our space is our airwaves, what we're listening to, what we're watching, what we're ingesting with our minds. And at home right now, of course, many of us are like Netflix and chilling and, um, you know, ingesting a lot probably more media than we typically do when we're going into work and school. So pay close attention to what your kids are watching, to what you're watching, uh, to the energy that you're bringing into your home through media. And uh, try to keep the violent shows to a minimum. Maybe just, you know, mom and dad can watch Narcos at night after the kids go to bed, but try not to have all this gory stuff playing in your living room all day long. Um, Try to maintain your practices of the kind of people that you would want around, the kind of energy, the kind of uh, things that are being done on these TV shows. That's going to impact the wellness of, of whoever is listening and watching these things. And as you're at home right now, as you're trying to practice peacefulness, as we know, it's important to have all of our medicines accessible, um, our, our different kinds of smudges. It's going to be different depending on your location. And this is something that in our home, personally, we have always our, our smudge that we're doing almost on a daily basis. We have it all the time. We're constantly looking to it to cleanse the air in our home, to cleanse the space there, to cleanse our minds, our body and our spirits. And so these are really important things to have in our home to can help us through times like this, to help us to stay calm, to stay relaxed, and to help us stay connected. And and the smudge carries our thoughts all up to the higher source, the great great creator of all things. And when we are thinking positive thoughts while we are smudging, what's going to make those prayers and those ideas and thoughts much more powerful. And we will manifest more of those when we're doing it in that way. Our next circle of wellness is our connection to land or earth. 
We already talked quite a bit about this during the movement circle when we mentioned Earth Gym, but of course, right now our connection to land is being realized more than ever. We are being directed to practice social distancing and keeping away from crowds. So remember that going out on the land in rural areas or in the mountains or in different places where crowds are not gathering is this is the perfect time for that. And it's going to contribute to your health in so many different ways. Being outside measurably reduces stress levels. Um, Being shocked by the cold air or by the heat boosts our immunity. And of course, usually when we're outside, we're moving our bodies anyway. We're practicing deep breathing. We are going on walks or hikes. Um, And so as much as you can get out on the land, especially if that's not something that you and your family have been doing together for quite some time. Maybe you all haven't found the time for it. Well, I think right now everybody has a little bit of time for that. And so as much as possible, remember the importance of the land, show her gratitude and get out there and spend time with her. We evolved outdoors on the land and a connection to the land was something that was inherent in our pre-colonial culture. But unfortunately today, because we spend so much time inside, we spend so much time in vehicles, being transported, sitting down, we are disconnected from that 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 Mother Earth. When we rely upon the Gregorian calendar, we're disconnected a lot of times with the seasons. And so this is a really good time to really strengthen your connection to getting out on the land. And this intersects with peacefulness, as Chelsea had mentioned, being out on the land reduces stress. It intersects with movement, taking your movement outside on the land amongst the elements. It's it's all interconnected in that way. Yes, and it even interconnects with sacred space because the more that you can make your home an indoor-outdoor environment, the better off you are. Open those windows. Let the sunlight in. Let the land into your home if, if it's not already. Uh, these are the things that are going to keep us holistically well and recognizing the interconnectedness of all of these entities. So those are the seven circles of wellness, which we have discussed before. In fact, uh, remember that in episode two of season one, we did a whole podcast about the seven circles of wellness. So if you want to learn more about each of these areas, you know, aside from the pandemic context, please go back and listen to that episode. Um, But it does apply really well to the situation that we're all in right now. And remember, preventative health and focusing on your well-being at all times so that you are prepared for a pandemic is what we're encouraging everybody to do. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And we've been talking about a lot of these practices for proactivity for a long time. And so now it's really showing how useful it is for us to just be proactive and to learn about how to strengthen our connection to food, to learn about how to move our bodies, to learn about the indigenous teachings of dependence and where interdependence is important in terms of family, community, and clanship. So whatever you're doing out there, I really hope that you are taking this time to to learn to get to know yourself and to strengthen your practices that are going to assist in your, your total health and wellness. And during your meditation or your time of silence to reflect upon the teachings that are coming out of this pandemic for all of us as human beings. There's a lot coming out of it. And I encourage you to sit and meditate, open up your mind, quiet your mind, and listen with your heart, connect with Mother Earth, and kind of feel what the, that great creator, the higher consciousness, is telling us about what we should be learning out at this time. 
And I'll leave you with a final thought, which is to use this circumstance as an opportunity. Rather than focusing on the negative side of it, look at all of this opportunity ahead of us. We can reprioritize what's important to us in our homes. We can declutter. We can learn to cook once again as a family. We can spend more time communicating with one another on a healthy level. We can spend time with our elders. And all of these different things that often we say, oh, I just don't have the time. Well, use this time wisely. And hopefully at the end of the day, this thing clears up sooner than we expect and we can all get back to... Um, work and and get back to school in a healthy way. But even if that doesn't happen, remember that our ancestors left us with a lot of healing tools and our ancestors left us with a lot of knowledge that we can use to move into the forward as healthy indigenous nations. And a pandemic has never stopped our communities before, and it's not going to stop us now. So I hope that everybody feels empowered by the end of this episode and we wish you good health and wellness.